now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. people hopefully we'll have the video soon people i like that song i just uh i just discovered this song it's johnny diaz in case you want to know you can look it up on youtube which is where i got that from and uh he's got a lot of songs 
I'm trying to mute something over here on my on my end over here. Um, but he has got a lot of music that is uh, it's about life, you know. And I don't know how many of you are aware, but I am a songwriter. I've written I don't know how many songs, 30, 40, I don't know, a lot of songs. Um, and I know when I write a song, it tells a story, and I really like uh, I really like the story in that song um, because it's about being authentic. It's about being real. And that's what I'm about, people. Mm -hmm. If I'm having a good day, you know about it. If I'm having a bad day, you definitely know about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not about wearing masks, people, in any form. You know, it's just like, you know, wearing a mask is, eh. Uh, yes, and there is, a, there is a pun intended there, by the way, because I do not like wearing a mask as a healthy person on my face. Anyway. Anyway, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. I uh, hope that tonight's show blesses you. And I hope that tonight, um, if you tuned into the show or you, you're a regular friend of ours that watches the show, you know, I, you know, let me just say thank you. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday, actually, um, as I was rejoicing in a miracle that was done in my life that I can't talk about on social media. <laughs> but what I can tell you is that um, as I was thinking about the circumstances that played out, um, that all the people involved that I know in my life uh, that, that, are, that are kind of associated in this situation are people that are in the body. They're in. They're in Christ, right? They're they're people who love Christ, and there and there is a um, there is uh, a there there is a truth to being equally yoked with people, right? Um, in the Bible, it talks about uh, that you know you, that you should that when you get married, you shouldn't be unequally yoked with you know a, an unbeliever should not marry a believer because that means they're unequally yoked. And I don't know if you know anything about yokes. I, I really have a, a really temptation right now to say the yoke is on you, but I'm not going to. But I just did. Uh, but anyway, in in biblical times, and if you're a farmer, they they had oxen and they put yokes on them. So this yoke would be this thing that they would put over on the top of them so that when the oxen would plow, they would plow evenly, right? So if they had an uneven or un unequally yoked situation with these animals, what would happen is it wouldn't work because it would be lopsided. It just, it wouldn't work. Right. So if you're if if you're a Christian and you marry an unbeliever, guess what? It's not going to be a smooth path. It's going to be ah, it's going to be a mess. That, and it's that way in business. Right. You shouldn't be unequally yoked in business either, because if you are, let's say, a godly person and you're doing business with people, then if you bring in an unbeliever who might be corrupt or have loose morals or ethics, then that could cor could corrupt your business. You shouldn't be unequally yoked. So as I was um, thinking about 
some situations and sharing this with a couple of people. Um, I just want to say thank you because so many of you in this virtual world, you know, have become friends to Randall and I, and you have walked with us for a number of years and you have celebrated with us when we've rejoiced at things and you've wept with us when we've wept, you know? And as I have learned in my life that sometimes, how do I say this? Well, sometimes it's the people you least expect to really be there for you. And those who say that they will, they aren't. You know what? And sometimes friends come in varied packages. Sometimes they come, they meet you through various venues. And like I said, you know, sometimes, you know, we just forget, you know. And so tonight, let me just say thank you to those of you who really are our friends and you have come into our lives through this medium called the Internet, you know, through the show that we've been doing for 16 years. We've been doing it for five here on social media in, in, um, the internet world, you know, um, you know, we care about you. We, we genuinely care about you. And that's why sometimes, you know, it's hard, you know, when you hurt, I do hurt. When you rejoice, you, you send me stuff, you tell me stuff. I, you know, I'm happy because, you know, I, I like the fact that people share with me their life because every day I'm, I'm behind this microphone. I'm sharing with you my life. I don't make this up. I don't have a, a script or a teleprompter, you know, that I'm reading from that, that's, that's saying, cry on cue right now, you. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm talking to you from my heart, uh, which happens to be a big, huge, sweet and lovable heart and very soft, by the way. <laughs> um, and you know why? It's because, um, I don't know how many of you have ever read the book, Hind's Feet on High Places, but Many years ago, decades ago, when I was first a believer, I was 14 years old when I became a Christian, and I was in this youth group, and I was so on fire for the Lord. I, I got the Bible, and and I started reading it and memorizing it, and I, I was in this youth group, and the prize, they, they were like, you guys memorize Bible verses, and whoever wins, whoever memorizes the most Bible verses, we're, you're going to get a prize, and it was a book, and I was like, ooh, it's a book. I'm going to win this thing. Not that I'm competitive or anything, but just, yeah, a little bit. And anyway, I won this book. Uh, and it was called Hind's Feet on High Places. And I remember sitting down, I got this book. Like I said, I was a brand new Christian. And I, so I'm reading this book. And the main character in this book is, is a character called Much Afraid. <clears throat> That's her name. And she has this journey with the chief shepherd, which represents Jesus, you know, the father. Um, and it's this journey as she goes through life and she, she goes into the mountains of spices and she's got, you know, like all the sorrow and suffering and, and craven fear, you know, and she has all these things. And those of you who are old enough to remember this book, and maybe you read it years ago too, it's still around. Um, you know what I'm talking about, because this is the Christian life, right? You have companions along the way that carry you, but the chief shepherd, 
you know, he's there with you. And in that book, it's so beautifully written, Hannah Hernard, who wrote the book, she wrote this whole series, by the way. Uh, she talks about how the chief shepherd takes this little seed and he pierced her heart with it. And it, she, he put the seed in her heart and then the journey began. And I'm like, I got to keep reading this thing. Uh, so I should commend that book to you. If you have never read it, go check it out. You know, it's a couple bucks on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. You can get it. Um, and, uh, and it will definitely encourage you in your life if you, if you take the time to read it. But anyway, all that to say that you are the most important part of this show. Randall and I wouldn't, we don't need to do this show because we talk about this stuff without cameras on. <laughs> But you're the reason we do the show, whoever you are. Even if I don't know your name yet, you are the reason that we do this show. We do this because, you know, in a world that's so wicked right now and depressing and full of rage and anger and angst and fear, you know, I want Bible News Radio to be there as a resource to encourage you and to let you know a few things. Number one, you're loved, right? The king of all creation, Jesus Christ, loves you. You know, and if you don't know who Christ is, the best way to get to know Christ is by opening up a, a Bible, a holy Bible. If you don't know what a Bible is, I can tell you a few websites you could go to where the Bible is easily accessible. You can go to Bible.cc. You could read the Bible there. If you have a, a phone, you can go to YouVersion, download the Bible there on your phone, and you can really start to read I would recommend in the New Testament in some of the Gospels. And I would encourage you to just take your time and say, hey, you know, I'm going to read this. I'm going to see who this Jesus person is, you know, because Jesus is divine and he's real. And what he did for the world was he turned it upside down when he came on the scene you know, it's this weird concept called the incarnation where Jesus literally came down. He was birthed through the Virgin Mary. He popped out as God in human form. I know, sounds crazy. Sounds absolutely insane, really. But it's not. It's absolutely true and it's a miracle. I asked some of my friends on Facebook, do you believe in miracles? And pretty much every single answer that was there said yes. Um, that was a miracle. Your very life is a miracle. Do you know that the likelihood of you not being here is way higher than you being here? <laughs> Seriously, when you, when you take a moment to consider the biological material used to create you, your body, the likelihood of you being here isn't that high. Because it's like... What is it? One in seven billion or something like that? Chance that you're here, right? Which means something. It means God chose you to be here. He chose you. He created you. In the Bible, it says in Psalm 139 that he fearfully, he wonderfully made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows you. He knows your thoughts from afar. He knows every step. He knows when you sit down, when you stand up. He knows everything about you. And he loves you, right? He totally loves you. I would encourage you to take a moment, look at your hand, look at your fingerprint, and look at the lines on your hands, and consider the fact that you have a creator that took the time to knit you 
in that secret hidden place inside your mother's womb, right? Nobody else could see what was going on. Even technology today hasn't advanced that far to the, where they could see that. It's getting close though, but they still can't see the exact moment of conception and, and, and you being formed, right? Uh, but it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. So just know that you're loved by God. You're valued as a human. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. The blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on a cross for all of our sin, it will cover your sin. All you have to do is tell him you're sorry and accept the free gift that he has for you. You know, believe it or not, it's that simple. He did all the hard work. All we got to do is accept it take that free gift of eternal life that he gives to all who believe, right? That is the hope that resides within us that we as followers of Jesus can hand to the world and say, you know what? Hey, you might be having a bad day. This COVID-19 thing might be scaring you. It might be causing a lot of fear, but you know what? The Bible says that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind, you know? Um, and I will tell you something. I was telling my friend yesterday, I said, you know, all the stuff that I've gone through, one thing I have is a sound mind. You know, um, a lot of things I've gone through, of, uh, you know, a lot of people who've gone through similar things as me, um, different levels of abuse, they don't necessarily come out with a sound mind. Some people's minds are broken, you know, seemingly beyond repair. But I know for me, God has been awesome. <laughs> And giving me that sound mind and a peace of mind. And that's what I want you to have. You can have that gift in, in Christ Jesus this second. You don't even have to wait. You don't have to go to the store and shop for it. You just got to ask and just believe, you know, and come to that realization that there is somebody greater than you who actually loves you and so much that he died for you because he loves you so much. And that's not where the story ends, people. This is where it gets really good because not only did Christ come down as a miracle man, but he also died for you and then he rose from the dead. Yeah, he did. He came back to life. That's why we celebrate Easter for those of you who don't know that. Um, I didn't. I was in high school before I found that out. I, I heard about this holiday called Easter. I had no clue what it meant. I thought some bunny rabbit rose from the dead. I don't, I don't know. That's literally what I thought as a kid. I had no clue what it meant, you know, because all the pagan stuff associated with it. When I found out, though, that that's what it meant, that when Jesus rose from the dead, that he is alive today, that blew my mind, first of all. But then I thought, this is so true. And my older brother, you know, he told me, he said, you know, you have to you know, prove what you believe. And I, I was like, okay, all right, well, I uh, started doing research. And you know what I discovered? I discovered that there's so much evidence for the resurrection of Jesus that those serious people who tried to, like, deny it and prove that it wasn't right actually have become defenders of the resurrection themselves. Simon Greenleaf was one of those people. In fact, Simon Greenleaf was a attorney who, who taught law school. He taught law school and his students, you know, challenged him and said, hey, Simon or, you know, Dr. Greenleaf, how about you use the four gospels, the testimony of the evangelists, and you look at these evangelists and the testimony of the evangelists, which would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
And you look at the evidence laid out in the Gospels according to law. And then you tell me, you tell us that this isn't a valid book and that the resurrection of Christ didn't happen. You know what happened? Simon Greenleaf took the challenge and he became a, a, a Christ follower, but not only a Christ follower, a Christ defender. And there is actually a law school named after Simon Greenleaf to this day. It's an amazing amazing thing and I could go on and on but I should bring my husband on the screen because he's here as always because he's do you have to yeah there he is anyway so no, he's not. there he is my handsome hunky husband he's, see me. he's not yet but in my heart's eyes he is here yeah he is side to side we are harp to harp yeah we are yeah we are something like that <laughs> and uh and, and yeah, you know, Randall, why don't you thank the audience for loving us so much? Because they really do. And uh... Thank you, audience, for loving <laughs> us so much. Because you really do. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? That was, that was perfect. Thank you. He's a well-kept man. <laughs> uh, so I should say hi to some of you. I see Beth over there. I don't know, Beth, if you're still there from Australia. Happy birthday! I don't know the exact date, but I know it's soon because, you know, got your it's already passed. I got your card. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You're right. Happy past birthday. You got a card for me. Yeah, you did because I love you so much. Uh, so she's in Australia. Sean, it's also Sean's birthday. It, and he's getting old. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and Sharon and Tracy, all you guys out there in Periscope, wherever you're at on Facebook or um, anywhere else and um youtube <laughs> everybody was born so you guys have birthdays by the way here's my here's my promise to you if you have a birthday and you send me your address i will send you a card i don't care where you're at you can be anywhere in the world and i will send you a birthday card anywhere in the world I actually sent a card to a friend of mine in Germany recently, somebody in Iceland who had a birthday, and my friend Beth in Australia. Uh, because with send-out cards, I can do that. And it's totally easy. It's totally cool. And so if you want a birthday card from me, then get in touch with me and give me your address and tell me your birthday, and I will send you a birthday card. Because you know what? It's kind of cool to get a birthday card. Ooh, and then there's Barb. Barb is over there. Hey, Barb. And Angie is over there. Hi. I see you guys. And I don't know if anybody else is there, but thanks for coming in. All right. I know that was a long introduction monologue, but anyway, I just had to get off, that off my chest. All right. So let's jump into this uh, news story. Okay. So we're going to talk about the pathway to the mark. Digital identity, health records, and payments merge into one. Have you heard that lately? Uh, this is an article over on prophecynewswatch.com. And this is what it says, people. Yeah, it is. It says here, a biometric digital identity platform that evolves just as you evolve is set to be introduced in low-income remote communities in West Africa thanks to a public-private partnership between the Bill Gates hacked or backed... <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that made me laugh. Backed... Gavi Vaccine Alliance, I guess that's what that is, MasterCard and the AI-powered identity authentication company, Trust Stamp. 
The program, which was first launched in late 2018, will see Trust Stamp's digital identity platform integrated into the Gavi MasterCard Wellness Pass, a digital vaccination record and identity system that is also linked to MasterCard's click-to-pay system that's powered by its AI and machine learning technologies called New Data, and that's N-U-D-A-T-A. MasterCard, in addition to professing its commitment to promoting centralized record-keeping of childhood immunization, also describes itself as a leader toward a world beyond cash and its partnership with Gavi, marks a novel approach towards linking a biometric digital identity system, vaccination records, and a payment system into a single cohesive platform. Mm-hmm. The effort, since its launch nearly two years ago, has been funded via a $3.8 million in Gavi donor funds in, additional, in addition to a match donation of the same amount by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, the Gates. Oh, gotta love the Gates, right? In early June, Gavi reported that MasterCard's Wellness Pass program would be adapted in response to the coronavirus-19 pandemic. Around a month later, MasterCard announced that Trust Stamp's biometric identity platform would be integrated into Wellness Pass, as Trust Stamp system is capable of providing biometric identity in areas of the world lacking internet access or cellular connectivity and also does not require knowledge of an individual's legal name or identity to function. Isn't that special? The wellness program involving Gabby, MasterCard, and Trust Stamp will soon be launched in West Africa and will be coupled with the COVID-19 vaccination program once a vaccine becomes available. The push to implement biometrics as part of the national ID registration systems has been ongoing for many years on the continent and has become a highly politicized issue in several African countries. So. Absolutely so. Yeah, this is a big deal. Masking ulterior motives. Trust Stamp's biometric identity system, largely funded by MasterCard's massive investment in the company in February, utilizes a technology it calls Evergreen Hash that integrate great that creates rather an AI generated 3D mask based on a single photo of a person's face, palm, or fingerprint. Once this mask is created, much of the original data is discarded and encryption keys are created in a place of a person's name or other more traditional identifiers. Mm-hmm. Only a small percentage of the data that originally existed in the hash trust stamp CEO Gareth Ganner has stated, what you have is something safer for storing because it can't be used to directly identify you. No one would recognize you in this huge jumble of numbers. The result, according to Ganner or Jenner or however you say that, is an irreversible, non-personally identifiable information system that protects privacy, reduces potential for misuse, and allows effective inclusion when there is no other form of legal record. You need to move the screen up. Oh. <laughs> I'm reading the thing here. Yep. Jenner also explained, or Genner, I don't know how to say that, also explained in a recent press release that the unique hash is capable of evolving as a new hash with updated health information is created every time a child or individual gets a vaccine. Trust Stamp's Al 
AI algorithms can accurately determine if different hashes belong to the same individual, meaning that the hash evolves over time, just as you evolve, said Getter. It is unclear how much the Wellness Pass initiative is motivated by public health concerns as opposed to free market considerations. <laughs> Indeed, the Gavi Alliance, largely funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates and Rockefeller Foundations, as well as allied governments and the vaccine industry, is principally concerned with improving the health of markets for vaccines and other immunization products rather than the health of individuals according to its own website blah 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 anyway i'm not going to read the rest because it's a long article but i think you get the point right you get the point right you get the point <laughs> you know it sounds it sounds so Nice, because we're all evolving anyway. Now we are. You know, yeah, it evolves. I am. Look at me. Own. I'm wearing glasses. I'm totally evolved. <laughs> yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. Hey, did you guys notice I got glasses? Do you like my four eyes now, huh? Do you? But anyway, so, you know, storing base identity as a, as a hash. No, that's not like from. Anyway. Not from marijuana or anything like that. Um, it's basically when you have a digital sort of sum of something, and then it's anyway. It takes a long time to explain, but coming from that too, what I understand what a hash is. Um, and yes, it can it can uniquely find a larger set of data. Um, and anyway, so but what I get. From this, I, I like the. I don't like it, but I like what they're how they're marketing. You know, it's 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 for it's for safety. You know, because if there's some sort of data breach, of course, then you don't get emails and passwords and names. You get this, you know, hexadecimal data, this long hash that is somewhere else tied to an individual. Um, you know, it's tied to more data. That is, if you know the if you know the key and the seed and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but to me, it's it's devaluing people. It's making them a number. It's like names aren't important like that because we've we're just everybody's a number in the system now. And Ever wonder what number you are? No, I'm... <laughs> you're number one in my heart. Oh. Behind Christ. That's good. He's first. You're, you're, you're number two. Yeah, you That's are. That's so sweet. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, bare face. Only for you, baby. <laughs> All right, as you were. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Beth actually said some stuff, which I didn't see. And Donna, my friend who plays pickleball with me, was watching too and i don't know where you are donna but hopefully you're there hi okay anyway so there's beth she said she loves the book mountains of spices right and she has a new version illustrated and adapted for teaching children oh cool and she loves us yeah she does mm -hmm. and you know what greg kirschberg great guy love that guy if you guys don't watch rabbi greg hirschberg give his messages you should because he's he's wonderful very very awesome guy all right so that was our first story our second story is let's see here 
Um, okay, let's do this one because this one really bothered me. This one is titled Cancel Culture Comes to Church. Media ignore attacks on Christians. Raise your hand if you think that the Christian or the liberal media reports about Christian persecution and stuff like that accurately all over the world uh, because they love us so much. <laughs> what? I don't see any hands up. Wait, hold on. Take my hand dead. Stuck down. My hand's gone. <laughs> Now, raise your hand if you think that the liberal media doesn't give a crap about Christians. Unless they want to vilify them. There you go. Raise your hand if you understand why that is. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because they don't like us. Because we're the bearers of morality in the world. And they don't like stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of not a good thing. But check this out. I saw this article. This is on David... Uh, Fioro Razzo, who I guess is a radio talk show host and he's an author and speaker. I don't, I've never listened to him, so I can't validate how good he is, but, um, this article is on his site. So it says here, you didn't believe me, did you? Just a few weeks back, I reported on the destruction of statues and federal monuments and the cancel culture, which is a result of the anti-American programming this generation has been fed in public schools and anti-Christian universities. Then a BLM leader said, take the destruction to the churches. Okay, Black Lives Matters, that's BLM, okay? I'm just going to say something. Black Lives Matters, the movement, the Marxist movement that is out there is a destructive movement of Marxism designed to destroy our Western culture the way that we know it. There's nothing good that comes out of it. It has nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with trying to take over and destroy our country. And if you don't believe me, keep listening to this story. Did you want to say something? Yeah, just yeah. yeah. It, okay. the, the, the movement... Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with black lives, ultimately. It has nothing to do with, you know, equal justice under the law. Uh, it is an um, organization. Go read their website, blacklivesmatter.com, and we've done it on this show. It, it is a Marxist, anti-Western movement that's riding on, that's riding on the coattails of, of black lives, and it's really... Uh, exploiting and usurping uh, racism to accomplish uh, objectives that are all about destroying Western civilization. I mean, go go check it out. And if, if I were a black person, I would be offended. Uh, just like when when uh, homosexuals tried to equate homosexual marriage to you know interracial marriage, and and the and tried to relate their struggle to the struggle of blacks in America and, and many were rightly offended don't don't put your sexual orientation don't equate that to you know uh, to the history you know the that you know the the persecution that blacks have had um you know early on in this nation's history and the BLM movement is is just riding on the coattails of yeah of of Black Lives Black Lives Matter, but it's it's not 
Right. There's not nothing to do with Black Lives other than a name. Anyway, back to you. Back to me. <clears throat> I have this urge to say Timmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a morning call every day with some people, and there's this guy named Timmer who leads the call sometimes, and we always have. Oops, I I've I learned to say back, I've learned to say back to you, Timmer. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. This article goes on to say, a few days ago, <laughs> at least six churches, listen to this, a few days ago, at least six churches were attacked by vandals or arsonists in several different American cities. A 24-year-old in Florida even set fire to a Catholic church while people were inside. In Boston, another vandal set fire to a statue of the Virgin Mary. Did you hear about this in the media? Hmm? Did you? Okay, I don't think so. Remember Sean King, a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement who told the radicals last month that statues of Jesus Christ are a gross form of white supremacy and must be taken down? He didn't stop there. He also said the Virgin Mary and white followers of Jesus must also be destroyed. He said stained glass windows of white Jesus and his mother and their white friends are tools of oppression, racist propaganda, and they should all come down. Apparently, these marching orders were taken seriously. Now the destruction to churches comes after weeks of violent, I mean, peaceful rioting mm -hmm. in several cities across the country. Do you really think that this is about systematic racism or it is the wicked heart of mankind? It's clearly a sin problem, not a skin problem. Come on. That is a tweetable, people. It is a sin problem, not a skin problem preach that all right anyway by the way this might be a good time to get security cameras at your church if it doesn't have any if it doesn't have any a church fire in san diego at calvary baptist is being investigated by the police department's metro arson strike team what's ironic is that calvary is a historically black church in Fort Worth, Texas, Bible Way Church of God was broken into and robbed last weekend, and the suspect destroyed all the mirrors in the church. One vandal in New York painted the word idol and graffiti on Our Lady's statue at Cathedral Prep School in, in Queens. In Los Angeles County, San Gabriel Missions Church was set on fire July 11th, destroying parts of the 250-year-old really? wow. iconic structure, which was founded by St. Junipero? Did I say that right? Junipero. What he said. Sierra? Sierra. In 1771. And get this. Even though he was a staunch defender of the rights of Indians, statues of Sarah have been recently destroyed in many towns throughout California. Again, it's nothing to do with race. It's... It's a sin it, problem. It's a, yeah, it's a... It's a it's a name, it's a banner they're going under to, again, undermine Judeo-Christian Western civilization. Not in, undermine, destroy it. In Northern California, in Fremont, vandals were charged with a hate crime after they attacked Mission San Jose Church, painted swastikas, and left an anti-Catholic comments on gravestones at the campus of Providence College. But the media silence on the Ocala. Ocala, Florida attack on parishioners is most disturbing. Faithwire reported that Stephen Anthony Shield was arrested and charged with attempted murder, arson, 
burglary and evading arrest. And here is a quote. It began Saturday at the Queen of Peace Catholic Church in Marion County, Florida, where a 24-year-old assailant drove his vehicle into the place of worship during a morning mass and poured gasoline in the foyer and set the building on fire before he drove off. These are all considered hate crimes, but most Americans never heard a peep about this rash of violence because none of the major news networks have mentioned it. According to the Media Research Center, out of 270 minutes on NBC, ABC, and CBS nightly news coverage for last Friday through Sunday, July 10th, 11th, and 12th, not one second was spent on these violent anti-Christian attacks. That includes the complicit silence from the God-haters at CNN and MSNBC. What might be just one reason for the silence? Think about it. How can the media in good conscience encourage protesters to vandalize property and destroy symbols of American history and then report on some of the stirred up hate spilling over to churches? Liberal elites either support assaults on the Christian faith, they're too spineless to speak up, or they simply cannot admit they were wrong for stoking the flames of recent protests. This rise in hate crimes against followers of Jesus will most likely continue in part because of the false narrative being regurgitated today that we are an evil nation due to the Bible and constitution we were founded on. Jesus warned his followers that people would be divided over him and the truth of the gospel. The pathway is narrow that leads to eternal life, but the path to destruction is wide and many will take it. When we are persecuted for his name, it is a badge of honor. Jesus also said, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. That's in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says that believers in Christ are citizens of heaven, so we have a dual citizenship. This life is just a vapor, and soon we will see the king. But those without God are without any lasting hope. Though they often act out in anger, their real beef is with Jesus. Right. Don't take it personally. Pray and put on the armor of God. As long as the media and the political leaders choose not to address these stories, attacks on believers and churches will increase as well as lawlessness, just like the Bible predicted. Without a change of heart that only God can give, disrespect will increase toward all human life and the true heritage of West Western civilization. Take heart, friends, and keep the faith. And you know what? I've been talking about this for a long time. I've covered Christian persecution for a long time. And I can tell you that this isn't unusual. I remember for a long time I was writing for the Voice of the Martyrs persecution blog. And um, just for fun, I decided to do, and you should do this. I dare you to do this. Go to Google News, put in a news alert for church or pastor or priest just those three terms and just watch for a couple of weeks what kind of news comes through that you'll see. You'll be surprised, I guarantee you. And you'll be surprised at how little of that news comes from big media that everybody watches and is brainwashed by. Yeah, the big media, they'll call themselves the, you know, NBC Nightly News or whatever it is. But it's, it's, it's not news. I mean, it's not reporting things that go on. It's a narrative. Right. It's a narrative that they're spinning. You know, no doubt if someone had uh, 
you know, some employee somewhere had, had, you know, gone over the edge and shot a couple people, it would be replay after replay after replay. They had the pundits on talking about it. How can we get these guns out of the hands of people and blah, blah, blah. It would have gone on. Some freak drives a vehicle into a church with people in it, pours gasoline, sets it on fire, and drives away, and not a peep. That's whatever. You know, because it's not part of the narrative. It's, you know, that's whatever. You know, so some, you know, some church people almost got murdered. That's whatever. You know, it doesn't get guns off the street. You know, yeah. Well... You know, the good news is, is that we're one day closer to the return of Christ. Amen. We are. And I believe that with everything in me. To the marrow of my bones, people. Yeah, I do. I think Jesus is going to come back. He'll be on a white horse. Yeah, he will. He'll be coming and the rapture will have taken place. So all of us saints will be with him. And then he'll be coming on the horse. We'll be following him. And then next thing you know, Jesus is going to be winning a war. Yeah. Yeah, he will. He'll be down there and probably, I don't even know how it's going to go down, but he's winning. Yeah, he is. Because he already conquered death and the devil don't like that. Just saying. You know, I reported this a number of years ago. My friend Emmanuel Ogebe is a, um, he works with a ministry called Jubilee Campaign, or at least the time he did. I don't know if he's still working with them. But Jubilee Campaign is a ministry to the persecuted church worldwide. And Emmanuel Ogebe, he actually ended up in prison for his faith at one point when he was in Nigeria. In fact, I think he was in the Olympics, if I'm recalling correctly. Um, long story short, he got out. Uh, he was on the ground in Nigeria because Boko Haram, which is a big, huge Muslim terrorist group, basically, that's been over in Nigeria and other parts of the world, wiping out Christians, like doing this complete genocide of believers. And in Nigeria, this has been going on for a long time. Well, Emmanuel told me in an interview I did with him a couple of years ago that in one day, 700 churches were burned down in Nigeria and nobody heard about it. Not one person heard about it. He was commissioned to actually go to Washington, D.C. and um, be, go and testify to try to get Boko Haram listed as a terrorist group, okay? He went, he went with some believers that literally had suffered almost being completely decapitated, but thank God, 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 like, spared them their lives but these believers came they had massive scars all over them and it wasn't until these believers actually testified to our people i think this was under the obama administration i'm recalling correctly that they actually made boko haram a terrorist group but 700 churches in nigeria burned down in one day and there's zero zero news coverage just saying people you know america is at a tipping point and last night my guest janet porter from faith to action uh, she's written a brand new book if you did not watch that interview i exhort you to go watch it 
it's about 90 minutes. It was a long interview, but this is a woman who literally puts her faith into action, you know, and she's been mocked and she is, you know, been vilified by this organization called Right Wing Watch, um, which you can go visit, by the way, you can go to rightwingwatch.org and look at it. Um, what, what Right Wing Watch does, and they're a legit hate group. Right Wing Watch is an actual hate group. <laughs> they, they watch conservatives and Christians and they take, they nitpick, they take things out of thing and they blow them up and vilify them. And they hate Janet. They hate her. But I'll tell you what, before God, this woman is like one of the heroes of the Christian faith and one of the biggest voices for the preborn baby uh, that you'll ever meet in the world. True story. Um, so she was on her show last night talking about that. And um, just, you know, the thing, the, like one of the things that she talked about, and I don't know if you guys know this, I mean, I've known it for years because I've been doing this for years, is that... Um, the national right to life is actually an enemy of life. You know, uh, we talked about Governor John Kasich at the time vetoing the heartbeat bill. This guy ran on a pro-life platform as a Republican. He was a rhino. I actually interviewed the guy. He's a complete jerk. And I mean that in the nicest way possible, people. That's not the word I want to use either, but I'm working on my more spicy language, so I'm not going to say the word in my head, but let's just say you could say J-A and you know exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> but complete class ass, class, class ass, yeah, I said it, it's jerk, okay, anyway, <clears throat> now this show's rated X for <laughs> class A jerk, okay, this guy ran he got elected as a Republican and he vetoes the heartbeat bill twice. Not once, twice. Okay. And I will tell you, I know people personally that were, that were in actual Christian media, like on Salem radio networks and other things Christians who were trying to uphold biblical values and things that were really true. I'll, I'll give you one example because so many of you don't know this. I've been with, I've been doing this for 16 years. You guys remember when Mitt Romney ran for president many years ago? Mitt Romney, okay? Do you remember who else ran for president when Mitt Romney ran? Mike Huckabee, okay? So there's a, there's a group of Christian leaders who head up all these Christian organizations on the Christian right, okay? Which, by the way, I'm not a big fan of. I used to be until I found out all this stuff. I was like, really? So this group of people, when the, can, when the Republican candidates were put up to, to vote on, to like, who are we going to get behind as a lobbying group, um, when... Mitt Romney was put up next to Mike Huckabee. This Christian group of people decided to pick Mitt over Mike. Why? Mike Huckabee, Baptist pastor, pro-life, you know, pro-traditional family, you know, basically everything that we want as a Christian, right? We want somebody who's going to uphold our values. He was a governor, 
So it wasn't like he was unelectable. He was a governor, you know, and all that. By the way, his daughter actually was in the Trump administration. Um, you know, so he's he's got, you know, good credibility and stuff. Well, the Christian right folk, instead of getting behind Mike Huckabee, they got behind Mitt Romney. Now, Mitt Romney is a Mormon. He is not a God-fearing Christian. He is in a cult. He wears magic underwear. He believes unbiblical things about who Jesus is. Just saying. But aside from that, Mitt Romney is the guy, the very first guy who legislated gay unions in our country. Right? Which is goes contrary to the word of God. And being a conservative. Okay? So it's because of Mitt Romney in Massachusetts who legitimized homosexual relationships in his state of Massachusetts. The Christian right should not have been supporting that guy. Instead, they put up Mitt Romney. And guess what? Mitt Romney lost that election and we ended up with Obama. Okay? That's your Christian right. So the people that Janet was talking about last night, you know, who are supposed to be pro-life, they're not in it for the life because who in their right mind would not support the heartbeat bill if you were genuinely pro-life? Well, pro-life, you know, the, the right to life. You know, she actually said that they were out there testifying against her. So here's, here's my exhortation and just information for you. And that is be very careful where you give your money to Christian organizations, because just because some organization says they're Christian and they support blah, blah, and blah, 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 make sure you look at the record of the people and what they're supporting, because it's the B, C, D list people like me, Randall, Janet, etc., who are actually doing the work of God. Our, our Lord said you should know them by their fruit. Right. Not, not the fruit of their lips. I mean... Don't go by just what they say, you know, are they doers of the word, not hearers only, not speakers only. You shall, you shall know them by their fruits. Check, check out the record. Uh, you know, have they been saying something for a long time? What is, what is the fruit of it? Is there any, you know, politician or organization, whatever? Are there records? Is there a history of their actions to back that up? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, and I just say that because I know stuff. I've been around people for a long time and I'm considered a D-list person in the world, right? You know what, though? I don't care, you guys, because you know what? God knows my heart and I don't need a lot of money to do what I do. We knew, we do need money, though. You know, we lost our sponsor, so we've been kind of walking in faith here. Um, and so I'm just going to say, hey, if you watch our show all the time, you're somebody that gets something from our show, please consider donating to our show. And here's the good news. The good news is hopefully within a couple of weeks, we'll have our 501c3. It will be tax deductible for you uh, to donate to our show. But in the meantime, if you donate now, it's retroactive. So it will be anyway. It will be when, once it comes through. I mean, mm -hmm. if if it's denied, then it won't be. But well, that's we'll let un you know. <laughs> that, that's unlikely. But wait until you don't wait until we're nonprofit. For sure, before you donate a million bucks, okay? Just yeah, saying. Yeah, don't go, don't go big until you know <laughs> it's going to be tax deductible. We wouldn't want to be held guilty for that. You but know? <laughs> yes, once once that comes through from the IRS, it's 
to happen at the state level, we need it to happen at the federal level, in which case it will be retroactive to June 24th. Yeah. Is when. So here's the thing. If you like what we do, and I hope you do, please consider donating to us. This is our ministry to you and God, of course. And, you know, we use our resources to do it. So, you know, if you want to donate, please go to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. I would love it if you became a pillar of our community, you know, that we just ask you consider donating something every month. You know, I don't care how much. I used to say 25 bucks a month, but you know, whatever. I know people, not everybody has that, but if you have five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month and you can donate it to us consistently, that will help us continue to expand what we're doing. You know, we guys are like being hidden all over social media. We are. And the only way that we're going to get seen is if we can actually advertise and get the show out there more. That's a fact. That, that's a fact. But in order to do that, we need money to do it. I can't, you know, I, in fact, I will tell you something. One of my business partners, I just, I network with this guy. Um, you know, he's a marketing expert and he, he went through all my social media and stuff. And he said, you know what? I've been doing this for years and everything that you've done without advertising is amazing. You've built a great platform but and he's like you should be way bigger than you are and he asked me what was missing i said money that's what's missing we need money <laughs> we need money to be able to expose the show to more people you know christian networks like moody radio they have millions of listeners but one percent of the people in that in their audience donate we don't have millions of listeners we have a few thousand listeners if we're lucky you know because Everywhere we put the show, it's hidden and it's spiked unless unless you guys share it out. That's the other thing you can do. You can share it out more than once. You know, share it on your Facebook page. Tag me. You know, I'll say hi. Um, you know, tweet it out. Tag me so I can say thank you. You know, do all that um, and just help us get the word out. Because eventually, you know, as much as I hate to say it, I want to put this kind of in Christian media world, because I know in the Christian media world, the show will go into the Christian media world and, you know, we'll hopefully be able to get more donors. But here's the thing. My heart hasn't been to put this in the Christian media world. I want it in the secular world because I'm trying to fish for people. That's what this show's about. Ultimately, is we're trying to share the gospel where nobody is actually sharing it. You know, and let, I'm just going to say this, too, and this is me being bold. There are a lot of people who are doing Christian shows who never share the gospel and all they're doing is trying to make coin off of sensationalism and things that aren't true and they're very political. You know, I will tell you something. Every single day in my Facebook group called Daily Disciples, I'm in there trying to encourage people to read the Bible. I tweet out scripture to my text message list. I minister to so many of you by calling you and talking to you and praying with you and sending you stuff. And I don't blab about that because frankly, it's nobody's business. It's not just this. That's my point, you know, and I have another job, by the way, <laughs> which I should say another thing you could support if you do is, you know, I sell legal shield. Everybody needs a will. Everybody needs identity theft protection. I offer that. And you know what? If you buy it through me, it helps support Bible News Radio ultimately. That's why I got into Legal Shield was so that I could fund this show. But, you know, even the little income that I make from that, you know, isn't a lot, you know. 
I will tell you, we just got our taxes done. And because I am a transparent person, I will tell you this. Last year, Bible News Radio received about $3,500 in donations for the whole year. We had a sponsor that gave us about $7,000. Okay? So for a whole year, we made about 10000 bucks. That's not a lot of money for all the hours of work that we put in to do the show. You know, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm grateful we can do what we do with what little we've been given. And I believe the Lord has multiplied what little we've been given. But here's the thing. If you can give a little bit and you don't normally, that will help us even more. Right. So just prayerfully consider that. I'm not going to say, hey, you're going to get tenfold back or anything like that, because that's I don't know how God wants to bless you. But I will tell you that this is one way you can bless us. If you like what we do. All right. Okay. I got, um, I want to do the last two stories, Randall. So we're going to, you mind going to 830 if we have to? Um, I, I don't mind. I, the, uh, the coming world reset, I think is a very important story to do. All right. Let's do the coming world reset. Do you want to, you want to read that one? I can. It, I'm not going to be able to read the whole thing. It's, it's pretty lengthy. Okay. But uh, um, then let's do that one and then do the red heifer update and then and end on that one. Forget the other one I had because okay. we don't really need that one. All right. This is on air production happening right now, people. Right, hey, well, Bareface, gonna... go ahead and do this other story. Okay, All I'm right. going to take you off. He's so... going to take me off, people. Well, can you believe this is my show, but it's okay. You can take me off. I'm good. There's going to be nobody on the screen. Um, boop. There we go. <clears throat> I need to rest my voice anyway. All right. This article by Bill Perkins on compass.org. Mm-hmm. The coming world reset. And there's a verse from Daniel 725 uh, speaking of the Antichrist. And you can read in Daniel chapter 7 about the coming of that rebellious one. Wait, before you go on, I got to say hi to Kim. Hey, Kim. Kim. Hi, Kim. Hey, I emailed you and I called you yesterday. I hope you got my message. Um let me know, okay? Because it's kind of important. you got to respond to that. Okay? Just so you know. I'm glad you came in. I haven't seen you in forever. Okay. I'm done. Back to Bareface. <laughs> All right. From Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, I want he, the Antichrist, will intend to make alterations or changes in times and in law. All right, distracted by the coronavirus restrictions and BLM and anarchist riots, most Christians push concerns about moving to a global government to the back burner. But the satanic move to push the world to be run by a global government continued unabated. I would say that the aforementioned stuff is all part of that. But anyway, uh, in June 2020, just a few weeks ago, the World Economic Forum hosted some of the top global elites, government leaders, business leaders, activists, etc., and announced their proposal to, quote, reset, unquote, the global economy. The quotes from this meeting are eye-opening, to say the least. They're pushing for a, quote, reset of capitalism, unquote, to have a, quote, cohesive and sustainable world, unquote. Satan, who is, of course, behind the push for world government, hates capitalism because it involves freedom. He prefers the opposite, bondage. So these atheists at the WEF, World Economic Forum, uh, meeting have targeted capitalism as the root of all evil. They believe that if the entire planet were under one socialist government, 
everything would be better because they would have control over everyone and everything, which of course is actually communism or Marxism. With climate change losing its luster, they're now using COVID-19 and the Black Lives Matter riots as the latest reasons to, quote, reset, unquote, the global gov economy. They recall they're calling for all nations and all business, all business slash industries to participate in uniting the world as one. Uh, the last time the world tried to unite, about 4,200 years ago, building the Tower of Babel, it didn't work out so well. They said, come let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Genesis 11.4 God reminded the world it was he who was in control, not the satanic evil present on earth. Do you hear that? What? Sounds like it's pouring out. Wow. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it to rain. Sorry, people. It just got really noisy. Anyway, so. God God reminded the world that he, it is he who is in control, not the satanic evil on present on earth. Okay. Come, let us go down and there confuse the language so that they will not understand one another's speech. Genesis 11.7. Today's one world language, computers. Today, we're trying again to solve the world's problem using one language, computers. We know... This time around, Satan will ultimately finish the task getting all nations and people on earth under a single satanic government during the future tribulation. Satan will manage all people via computers. And we looked at that article earlier about the pathway to the mark. Anyway, it's interesting to note that the reason God didn't want one global entity was the total evil they could accomplish. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Genesis 11.6 Today, with most people, unbelievable... Today, with the almost unbelievable advancements in artificial intelligence, these people want total control so they can use vaccines to control people's rational thoughts. I'm not making this up. And there are footnotes that we could get into, but let's move on. In the fact, in, and if in fact we're close to the rapture and the end of the church age, it's not surprising to see attempts like the World Economic Forum pushing for world government. The WEF is just another attempt by the godless elites who think they're already in control to do everything possible to make, quote, one world, unquote, come about ASAP. Uh, we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order, said yep. David Rockefeller in 1974. At the United Nations Business Conference. Wow, that was in 1974. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's like a few years after I was born. I was just a little kid. Been going on a long time. They were looking for the right major crisis. Hmm. Um, By the way, my big sis Gina's watching. Hey, sis. Love you. Glad you're there. And Don, I see you. You're there too. Over on Facebook, both you guys. God is out. Satan is in. In the outline of their overtly satanic new world order they want everything that is opposite of biblical truth all freedom and individual ownership will have to be sacrificed for the good of the world homosexuality is considered normal history is worthless or rewritten capitalism is bad there is no heaven or hell just live for today and i would be remiss in my duties not to mention that satan first started priming the world for this for this in popular songs 50 years ago mm -hmm. Live for Today by the Grassroots in 1967. 
sha-la-la-la-la, live for today, and don't worry about tomorrow. Hey, sha-la-la-la-la, live for today, live for today. You sing so good, bareface. Thanks. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to take I, the time. I was going to sing sha-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. No, 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 no. <laughs> Name that tune, people. It's, That's from the Brady Bunch. I know. It's yeah. a different song. The, the grass food. <laughs> anyway. It was when Peter, his his voice was, yeah, changed. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> when it's time to change, you've got to rearrange right. <laughs> who you I, are and to what you're going to be. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was my interlude. Uh, couldn't resist. Just yeah. had to throw that in there. Yeah, I appreciate that. Anyway, <laughs> but but the article goes on. Um, um. <laughs> right, Gina? <laughs> uh. Basically, the article goes on and, uh, uh, you know, basically how they were pushing COVID-19 is, is the world-ending thing and... and um, that didn't quite take hold. Um, anyway. Now, I don't know if it's true here, but it says... Um, there's this point, this part in the article, and I'll bring it up here. Can I make just a point before I forget it? Sure. So, you know, Satan is a liar, right? He's, uh, actually, yeah. he's actually called the Lord of the Flies. That's, that's like sweet, isn't it? Hey, I'm the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> But here's the thing. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he is the author of confusion. So if you wonder why everybody's so confused about this COVID-19 thing, that should tell you who's behind it right yeah. there. Just saying, people. Yeah, not saying that it isn't a real thing, but the way that it's being packaged and pushed along. And Anyway. Yeah. We have but, a we have a story of the red heifer coming up next. But but this this not me. I'm I'd heard uh sort of whispers this before. I don't know if it's true. There is a footnote here. I failed to look up, but I'll look at it later. Uh new US gold backed dollar. President Trump is even going far is even going after the Federal Reserve, which is which of course is neither federal nor a reserve. He's writing a United States gold-backed dollar to replace the petrodollar system currently in place. Those who own gold could do quite well. President Trump believes having our own gold-backed dollar will keep the IMF from leveraging their special drawing rights into a world currency when the U.S. dollar falls apart. Let's pray for President Trump, as his life is obviously at stake. The last two people who... Uh, openly took on the global lease to expose their plan for a world government, died under quite suspicious circumstances. Well, and remember what Janet said last night. Janet said at his inauguration, there was witch covens mm -hmm. out there in the, in the thing, in their black garb, doing curses against the president, literal. And you know what? The rise of paganism and witchcraft in America is huge. You don't think so, then you don't know, but it is. And the increase in paganism and witchcraft in America has gone through the roof. Um, it's not its not something to make light of. It's its a real thing, uh, for sure. I didn't realize that. And again, this is all footnoted here, but uh, uh, Representative Larry McDonald, um, uh, he was aboard that plane that was the Russians accidentally shot down passenger plane in 1983. I don't know if you remember that. It was I was of... so young back then. Anyway. Anyway, but... Still young. 
the author here saying this is the speech that probably did him in. Uh, quote, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one-world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil intent. Evil in intent. Congressman Larry P. McDonald, 1976. Hmm. And then, of course, we know what... President Kennedy said. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah, and basically the point is those who've spoken out uh, and opposed the the monolithic conspiracy to bring in a new world order haven't fared so well. You know, you think about it, we live in totally exciting biblical times. Indeed we do. We do, and you know, one of the one of the signs of the end time is the temple. Right? So our last story for tonight has to do with the red heifer. And there's a video on that thing I shared with you. Can you pull the video up? Oh, there is? Yeah, there is. It's If you scroll down, it's right down there at the bottom of the page. Okay, yeah, it is. It actually shows the red heifers that they've already bred. This is very interesting. I'm going to read the article, but then Randall, I give Randall a minute to um, uh, pull up the video, but I'll just read the article. You don't have to put it on the screen. Okay. Uh, it says here, in Jewish theology, the red heifer is essential to the rebuilding of the third holy temple in Jerusalem and will be needed to be sacrificed to complete the ritual of purification for the temple. Jews believe this event is part of the process that would mark the coming of the Messiah and the final judgment. But the significance of the red heifer also relates to Christians who believe the completion of the third temple is a symbol heralding the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is claimed there have only been nine true red heifers and the 10th will herald the construction of the third temple. Several red heifers have been born in the past but have been disqualified for not meeting the biblical requirements. To meet requirements, the heifer must be born from a natural birth and be entirely red with no more than two non-red hairs on its body. It must also never have been used for any labor or have been impregnated. The Bible refers to the red heifer in Numbers chapter 19, which begins, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the ordinance of the Torah, which the Lord has decreed, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and have them bring to you a red heifer without defect, in which there is no blemish and upon which never came a yoke. Rabbis emphasize that the heifer could at any time acquire a blemish, rendering it unsuitable. Watch the video update below from the Temple Institute, which is at the forefront of preparing for the rebuilding of the third temple, including training Levite priests, preparing temple instruments, and now watching over two perfect red heifers. This is so cool. Um, of course, when you consider that these red heifers are going to be killed, it's sad. But at the same time, it's totally cool. <laughs> so, Randall, when you got that, let's go ahead and play it. Roll that bovine footage. Yep. Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the Torah, which Hashem commanded, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and have them take for you a perfectly red, unblemished cow, upon which no yoke was laid.
Five years ago, the Temple Institute began its Raise a Red Heifer in Israel project. Just under two years ago, we announced the birth of our first red heifer candidates, two perfectly red heifers eligible for the historic role of being the red heifer who returns to Israel after 2,000 years the ability to achieve the highest level of Torah purity. Since their birth, the rabbinic experts of the Temple Institute have been keeping a close watch on these heifers. For any non-red hair that a heifer sprouts, or any minor injury that the heifer sustains, will disqualify it from being a kosher red heifer. This past week, June 2020, we visited our two most advanced red heifers and filmed them. In the upcoming weeks, they will receive another visit from the Temple Institute's experts for yet another close inspection. Should either or both of these red heifers remain eligible candidates, we will soon be ready to advance toward the stage of actually preparing the ashes. How wonderful to imagine that these two innocent, unsuspecting creatures could, in the very near future, advance Israel and the world to the next stage of the redemption and the building of the Holy Temple. Yeah. It's sad when you consider these cows could be killed. But then again, I do eat hamburger and, you know, just saying. <laughs> uh, Randall, what do you think of that? It's kind of cool, huh? I mean, because usually cows are black and white, but this is red. Well, there's... Right. Well, there's other types. There's those that are reddish, have reddish brown in them like them. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's the jerseys and the whatever. There's so many breeds. I don't know. I'm I'm not a cattle rancher. You're but, not? Darn it. I thought I married but, one. But, yeah, you know. You read the scripture, you know, a red heifer and who there's no blemish. Right. Uh, it doesn't say anything about as little as two white hairs. Uh, that's a rabbinic thing. That's a rabbinic tradition. Uh, to them, no blemish means it's it's all red. That there can't, you know, maybe one white hair would be acceptable, but no more than two. Um, I know. I have more than one white hair, don't I? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's a rabbinic tradition, but uh, yeah, and that was that's that the ashes of the red heifer being there for the the dedication is a word the sanctification. What's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Don't know. I can't read your mind. Consecration. That's what I'm looking for. Consec Bingo. You got it. Consecration of the altar and the um, according as it is there um, in Exodus. So you know. <laughs> And seeing as that is the way the initial, you know, the original altar was consecrated, those were the rules for that in setting up the the tabernacle, which wasn't a temple. It was a, it was an elaborate tent and very elaborate if you look at its clasp and its anyway, and all the things that its construction is given in quite detail. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm guessing that they feel because there hasn't been a temple since the temple of um, the temple of Herod was destroyed in in A.D. seventy uh, that that a new temple 
would have to be consecrated the same way as was the original tabernacle and the book of Exodus. So, so even though they could build the stuff, you know, they wouldn't consider it ready to be used until <clears throat> that altar could be consecrated with the ashes of a red heifer. So, Yep, and the friends I have in Israel that I have interviewed on the show from uh, Israel 365, they basically told me all they're waiting for is the word to go for it. That's, uh, all, that's all they're waiting for. They, they have everything ready. Uh, they're just waiting for the word, you know. And so we live in very cool times, you know. Mm -hmm. So be encouraged, you know. The Bible says, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary, you know, um, and I tell you what, it's, uh, it's hard. Here's, here's the thing. Let me say this. And I say this, I'm saying this to me too, cause, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, you know, I make, I, I'm in sales. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to sell stuff? Just saying, you got to throw seeds out there and you got to till the land. You got to, you know, you got to follow up, you got to do all this stuff, and then eventually you'll bear some fruit from it. But it's a lot of work, you know. Um, and I know it seems sometimes like we're we're pushing against, you know, everybody. But the reality is we have God on our side. The Bible said if God is for you, who can be against you? You know, seriously, if God is for you, who can be against you? Nobody, just so you know, say it with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Okay, say it louder this time. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody, right? So we have that confidence. And, you know, I just want to end the show by saying this. <clears throat> um, if you have not joined my Daily Disciples Facebook group, go over to Bible News Radio uh, well, go over to Facebook uh, and look for Daily Disciples and ask to join it. If you're a friend of mine, just, you know, I'll see you and I can just let you into it. Um, go in there because every day I'm trying to encourage you in God's word. And I didn't go in there today because, you know, kind of today's my day off, kind of, sort of. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm trying to encourage you to read the Bible at least four times a week. Because if you read the Bible three days or less a week, the research shows your life isn't any different than an unbeliever. But if you read it four times or more a week, the research shows you're way better off. <laughs> just saying. It really does show that. So um, so just open the Bible up. Read it. Just read it. I'm not asking you to even study it. But I will say, if you want to be part of my Bible study in the book of Jude that I'm doing currently, uh, not next week, but the week after, um, I will be continuing in my Bible study in Jude. I'd love to have you come and join me. You know, it's on Zoom. It's with me, a couple other people. I teach the study. All you got to do is participate. And I actually have, I actually have a couple of you from this, from our audience that have decided to join us. So if you want to join it, you know, uh, message me and ask to be put on the email list for that. And I will put you on my email list for that. So you can join me. You know, set, set aside the time. It's only twice a month. It's at seven o'clock central on a Tuesday night. Uh, so if you can make it, you know, put it on your calendar and put it down and then you can come. Um, I don't 
give out a recording of it or anything. It's something that's literally an in-person thing and, and that's it. So, um, so consider doing that, you know, join my text message list. All you gotta do is text Bible news to three, three, two, two, two. If you don't know, if you can't remember how to do that, just text me your phone number and say, Hey, we add me to your text message list. This is the way to go, right? This is how we get in touch with people. Um, you can do that on any social media We're we're Bible news radio everywhere. And, uh, I think that's it. What are you going to do tomorrow night, Bearface? Well, I, I mean, since we're, we've got another six minutes to go. Okay. Half hour. Um, I wanted to read a little bit of scripture to say why we, these are exciting times, what we read about scripture. I mean, what we talked about the red heifer in the video. And I'll, and I will attempt to, let's see, why is it so small? There we go. I'm going to make this quick as possible. Okay. And this is from Daniel chapter 9. Um, we're Daniel, Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, 70 weeks or 77s is what it says in the Hebrew. Uh, the English translators figured sevens is a period, like a week, but seventy sevens are determined upon thy week and upon thy holy pe- holy city to finish transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the fourth going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem. And this is while Daniel was still captive in Babylon. The Lord told him that no, from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. And if you add that up as sevens and periods of years, it comes right down to the day that Yeshua showed up in this seeing in Jerusalem. Anyway, the streets shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after three score and two weeks, Messiah shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come, and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now, and he, because this is speaking of the other prince in all contexts, if you look at the entire chapter, but, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week, or the seven, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Well, wait a minute. Uh, there was a future time that the city and the sanctuary would be destroyed. And later, there's this, there's this covenant that causes the sacrifice and oblation to cease. That must mean there's a new sanctuary. Uh, for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be upon, shall be poured upon the desolate. And, and the Messiah Yeshua, he said, when you see the abomination spoken of by Daniel the prophet, you know, and you should parent. warn me before you like put me on screen. Mm-hmm. Here I am yawning. Yeah, I know. And anyway, he, he so was, 
So it's exciting times. All this stuff was future for Daniel, but we look back. We know that there was a decree to go forth and rebuild Jerusalem. That was by Cyrus, the king of Persia. We know that. They went back, and it was rebuilt. We know the Messiah came, and we know that he was cut off, not for himself, uh, but for transgressions. We know that. And then we know that after that, that the city, Jerusalem, and the sanctuary were destroyed under uh, Titus, the Roman general, Roman army came and destroyed the place. But then it's saying, he, this this prince, uh, shall confirm a covenant with money for one week or one seven. In the midst of that seven, he shall cause a sacrifice and the oblation to cease. It's like, well, wait a second. Wasn't the city and the, sh- weren't the city and the sanctuary destroyed? Yes, they were. So where are the sacrifices taking place? You know, there must be a new temple. And so all that, all that other stuff is history. The rebuilding Jerusalem, the coming of Messiah, him being cut off, the city and the sanctuary being destroyed. We know all that. But what's missing, what must still be future, and if you count the sevens, the weeks, there is this future time of when there's going to be another temple. There must be, in order for the sacrifices to resume, in order for the prince, the Antichrist, to cause them to cease. And and as we know later from Thessalonians' revelation that he'll set himself up in that temple and declare himself to be God and to be worshipped. So, so these are exciting times because we're seeing prophecy fulfilled. We saw what was future to Daniel fulfilled, and we know that just as the Lord said it, it came to pass. So there's this future thing, a new temple sometime, and and that seems to be right around the corner. So that's why these are exciting times. So you finished before 8.30. Woo-hoo! Yeah, we did. That's because we're super awesome. Yeah, we are. Not. Just so you know, only God's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. So tomorrow night, Bareface is... In- Notice he didn't answer the question. Still in Jude. Remember? But, yes, you're going to be in Jude tomorrow night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. Verse 5. The rest of verse 5. Mm. Yeah, you know, so you guys come and be part of the evening Bible study, you know, because it's important. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> or if you watch the archive, let us know, because that helps too, you know. All right, I think that's it, people. So everybody that came in tonight, thank you for coming in. Say it with me. Be bold. Stand up. Go with God, people, because he loves you. We'll see you tomorrow.